Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Come on, Freedom House. Give Jesus a shout of praise tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for Christmas, Lord. We thank you for this evening here tonight, God. We thank you that we're able to gather here tonight on our online campus, God. I pray that, that you, would, you would set the tone for this Christmas, Lord God, that tonight you would set the tone for Christmas in our homes, in our communities, in our nation, and in our world, Lord God, as we celebrate and we remember and we commemorate the birth of our Savior, the birth of your Son, Jesus. We give you our praise and our worship and our attention and our focus here tonight, Lord God. Would you make your presence known in each and every room, in each and every living room, dining room, kitchen, Lord? Lord, would you make your presence known amongst those that are finalizing, wrapping their gifts tonight and baking their cookies and making their tamales, Lord God, and and setting the atmosphere for their home, Lord? Would you be in the middle of all of that here tonight, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, somebody say amen. Come on, Freedom House, give Jesus one more shout of praise, one more hand clap. Again, my name is Pastor Brian. I'm your Costa Mesa campus pastor, and I have with me tonight my wife, Um, And we have the honor and the privilege of being able to lead us tonight as we continue our Bible study here in the book of Galatians. Um, And again, like I said, I hope that wherever you're at tonight, whether you're wrapping gifts or or finalizing desserts or finalizing dishes for the next couple of days, that that you would make room for Jesus tonight. Amen. As we continue to study through the the book of Galatians here, I want to give honor to our lead pastors, Pastor Josiah and Pastor Marie Silva, for uh, just giving us the opportunity here to, to be able to teach you guys and spend this time with you guys here tonight as we go through the scriptures. We dissect the scriptures and we, we pull out all that God has for us here tonight. And I think there's some people at home that we yes. want to make sure we give a shout out to. We want to say hi to our kids. We love you. We can't wait to see you. And I know they're very anxious to open all those gifts under the um, tree, but we'll see you soon and we love you. Our kids love to be shout out on yes. TV. They, they love it. They get to watch us. So we love you guys. We'll see you guys and girls and hope yes. uh, when we get home here tonight. But let's open up with prayer as, as we begin uh, and we get ready to jump into our Bible study here tonight. Let's just invite the presence of, of Jesus uh, in your home, in your dining room, in your kitchen, wherever you're at. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight, Lord God. We pray that you would be with us, that you would be speaking through us tonight, to us tonight, Lord God, that we would get everything that you have for us, Lord God, that our hearts would be prepared, that the atmosphere would be set, Lord, as we go into the next couple of days here for Christmas, Lord, and we prepare to end 2020 strong and go into 2021 prepared for all that you are going to do in and through us. In Jesus' name, somebody say Amen. Well, we're going to grab a seat, grab your Bible, grab your notepad, your phone, whatever it is that you're going to take notes with tonight, and let's get ready to jump into the book of Galatians here tonight. Well, as you guys know, we've been going through uh, the book of Galatians. We went through the book of Ephesians. We've been going through the book of Galatians now for about five to six weeks here. Um, And and we're going to pick it up here in Galatians chapters two, starting in verse 11. Um, but before we do, I just want to give a little bit of a recap so we, could, we know where we're picking it up from here tonight. And um, as, as Pastor Lou and, and Pastor Tom and Pastor Josiah have taught on the book of Galatians over the last few weeks, um, one of the things that, that we have 
continually been talking about is how Paul is establishing this church in Galatia. It is a new church, okay? And it is a church that is, that is filled with Gentiles. Gentiles are people that did not grow up Jewish, okay? So these were, not, these were not Jews. They were not from Israel. So therefore, they did not grow up with the Jewish traditions or the Jewish law. So they were now having to be taught all that it meant to be uh, set apart, okay? What we know as a follower of Jesus Christ, but for them and for the Jews, it was, it was about being set apart. And so they're being taught what it takes to, to live up to the, to the law of Moses and, and what it means to, to be set apart and what it means to have the covering of God. Um, and, and even some of the Jews were, were learning what that meant through the filter of Jesus. Um, however, they, they were still trying to put these, these expectations and trying, trying to put these standards on uh, the Galatian church. And so Paul is coming and he's saying, look, don't get confused. Okay, Don't get confused by all of these other teachings. Let me... Just, just remember what it was that you received from us when the Lord came upon you, when you received your salvation, when, when, when you had that first encounter with God. Just, just remember that. Because if you could remember that and you could stay focused on that, then all of the other things will come in time. But if you get so caught up in trying to live up to everybody else's expectations, that'll preach. You try to, <laughs> you try to spend all your time living up to everybody else's expectations, then you're going to end up confused. You're going to end up depressed, you're going to end up discouraged, and then you're going to end up walking away, which we're going to talk about a little bit here tonight. But that's where we're picking it up here in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. And so Paul has had to take the stance of, hey, let me, let me validate myself to you a little bit. Let, let me verify myself. Let me make sure I got the, the little blue, blue check. check mark next to my, my IG or yeah. my Twitter handle so that when I teach you, you understand that, that I'm not just some ordinary dude yeah. and not that he's trying to puff himself up, but he's like, look, I need you to, to, to remember who I am. I didn't come and say that this person taught me this or I got this. Like I, I simply came under the unction of the Holy Spirit through the power of the Holy Spirit and the calling of Jesus Christ yes. himself. And so in Galatians chapter two, starting in verse 11, the Bible reads like this. It says, but when Cephas, Cephas is Peter. Okay. So Cephas is Peter, the, the same apostle Peter who Jesus had to rebuke a couple times. We'll talk about that here tonight. But it says, when Cephas, who was Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas, before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. So I know that passage was a mouthful there. There's a lot to dive but into. But we are going to, we're going to get into it. We're going to break it down um, as best as we can. And we're going to yes. start first by verses we have right here in verse 11. And so it says, but when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men 
came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And so, um, again, Paul is trying to, to verify, trying to validate himself, authenticate himself to uh, the Galatian church. And so, as he's, as he's talking to them about accountability, accountability, as he's talking to them about accountability, he's, he's teaching the Galatian church what it is to be accountable, what it is to have people to hold you accountable in life and, and how important that is going to be. And so he says, look, I'm not just holding you guys accountable here in Galatia, but in fact, I, I have even held Cephas, who was Peter, the, you know, the apostle Peter, who everybody knows about, who spoke in tongues, 3,000 got saved uh, when he preached the gospel after Jesus, uh, after, after Jesus had ascended into heaven and the Holy Spirit came down. That same Peter who preached and 3,000 got saved in one moment, he says, I've even held him accountable. It says, because there was one instance where he was with the Gentile people. He was with the Gentile people, but when some of James's guys who are of the Jews, the apostle James and his crew who are of the Jewish tradition and of Drew, Jewish descent, when they came, Peter was afraid of them because he felt like they might, um, they, might, they might hold him in contempt because he's eating with the Gentiles. And in old Jewish tradition, just to bring you guys up to speed, in older Jewish tradition, if you were a Jew, you were not to interact with other, with other nationalities, okay? You were not to interact with, with the Gentiles, especially because the Gentiles were considered unclean. They weren't considered set apart. Um, and so you, you weren't supposed to have meals with them. You weren't supposed to have relationship with them. You weren't supposed to have friendship with them. And so Peter, knowing that Jesus, because remember, maybe, maybe you don't remember, but in Acts chapter 10, okay, God speaks to Peter, Okay, God speaks to Peter and tells Peter, look, all that I have created is clean. So how dare you call my creation unclean? Okay, this is the same Peter now, who's now sitting with the Gentiles, the same Gentiles that God spoke directly to Peter and said, these are my people. But yet, when Jews came who he knew, he began to, to, to be afraid, to be insecure. And so he's like, oh, shoot, I can't allow these guys to see me eating with the Gentiles. And so Paul says, when I saw that, I'm like, that's not right because that's not who we are in Christ. We know that the same grace that is given to us as Jews is the same grace that is given to the Gentiles. He says, so I confronted him about it. I opposed him to his face. And that's where we're going to start off here tonight is, is having that accountability. And I know those words and the way the sentence structure is put together, it'd be like opposed him to his face. It could sound um, aggressive. Very aggressive. It can sound aggressive, like there's conflict, like, like, like there's a dispute, like it's like, like drama, like, like your, your latest reality it's like a, TV it's like show. A novella here, going on right, right now. Right? We got a novella <laughs> going on. But, but really, at the heart of and the principle of this interaction between Paul and Peter is this key word that helps all of us grow, and that is accountability. And, and so Paul is, is teaching the Galatian church and he's showing us that, that if we're going to, to grow and if we're going to get better, we need to have people in our lives who hold us accountable, who hold us accountable and not just hold us accountable when it's convenient right. or when it feels good. Or with certain things. Or only in certain areas yeah, yes. or only when we want to admit that we were wrong. No, no, no. Accountability is needed all of the time. 
It is needed consistently. And what I love about this is that Paul and Peter have a relationship. Yeah. This isn't just someone that he, uh, you know, met for a week or two and said, you know what, let me hold you accountable. Like, yeah. no, there is relationship there. And that's what I love about their relationship is that one, Paul is able to confront him confidently with love and yeah. remind him like, what's going on here and speak yeah. to those areas. And Peter, I feel like Peter is so relatable for a lot of us in so many areas because I feel like Peter is someone that keeps making mistakes and making mistakes and, you know, God still bestows his love on him and sends the right people to him yeah. to remind him and hold him accountable even when he makes like those I, I, I mistakes. Yeah. And, and Peter is the perfect illustration of how accountability works yeah. in our lives, okay? So, so Peter, th this correction process, this isn't new to Peter, okay? This <laughs> has happened to Peter a few times, okay? In, in Matthew chapter 17, chapter 16, yeah. uh, Jesus is talking to Peter and, and Jesus is telling the disciples how he's gotta go to the cross and he has to die and he has to be buried. And, and Peter's like, never, I will never let you do it. And Jesus literally calls him Satan. He says, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> Um, that, that is a process of accountability. That is Jesus telling them, look, you don't know the plan. I know the plan. Your role is to follow me. You follow me, I'm gonna lead us in the way. And so he's gotta hold Peter accountable in that moment. Again, it happens. Um, you know, right before Jesus is about to go to, the, to be crucified, and, and Peter says, I won't, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And he says, look, Peter, I'm telling you, it's gonna happen. <laughs> so just, just, just handle it and grow from it. Yeah. And, and so, so, so Peter, of course, abandons him. He denies him three times. And then, and then John gives us insight as, as Jesus, after he, after he raised from the dead, he calls Peter and he says, he says, do you love me? Essentially what he's doing is saying, look, I, I understand that you denied me three times. Now I need to bring accountability to that. And I need you to see that if you love me, if you love me, you're going to follow my instruction and you're going to feed my sheep. Um, and so Peter is used to this whole accountability process and, and the subject of accountability. So he understands that even though sometimes it may come across um, a little aggressive or a little harsh or maybe a little blunt. Um, Peter understands this accountability is what's helped me grow and become the apostle and the disciple that I am today. And so, um, but I, I think what, like you noted is the relationship side. Right. And, and oftentimes the people that it can be hardest to hold accountable is our spouse and our friends our spouse and our friends, because we feel like, well, if I bring accountability, then it's going to make things awkward. I don't want to make things awkward because it makes things awkward. Then we can't hang out. Right. But the reality is, is when you bring accountability into those relationships, when we bring accountability into our marriage, when we bring accountability into our friendships. What it does is it makes everybody better. It makes those holding people accountable better. When I have to hold my wife accountable, it makes me, it makes me better, but it also makes her better. When she holds me accountable, it makes her better, and it also makes me better. And the way that it makes the person holding the other person accountable better is because it, it gives us that boldness and that courage to say, no, this isn't right, and we need to correct this so that we can be in the best position to continue to, to follow and answer the call of right. God on our lives. You know, I think the word accountability too can get a bad rep. Like it's yeah. like you're in trouble, so I'm holding you accountable. But no, accountability, yes, it can be comfortable, but it yeah. brings growth. Yeah. It's uncomfortable, but it brings growth. And, you know, for us in our lives, accountability has been something that I feel has strengthened me individually. I've allowed Pastor Marie and then um, some close friends into those areas that 
um, I know that I need growth in and not in just certain things, but areas that are, are vulnerable and they're deep and they're precious. And I know if I want to grow, one, I have to, I have to admit it and then seek counsel and seek those friends that, you know, back in the 510 building, it's been what, like nine years ago, pastor preached about having friends that will know you, K-N-O-W and N-O-U and know you. And, you know, that's something we've held on to not only in our marriage, but just with friendships as well. And I'm thankful that, yes, it does get uncomfortable and yes, it can feel a little awkward, but those are our growing moments that, um, that have really blossomed within these past couple years. And honestly, those are the best friends that you can have. Yeah. Friends that, that aren't willing, I mean, friends that are willing, sorry, are willing to hold, hold you accountable, are willing to be honest with you, even though some of those honest conversations can be tough. That's what brings the best out of you. And that's what, that when, that's what brings the best out of you, one, when you're being held accountable, but then also when you're holding somebody else to be accountable, because that's bringing the leadership side mm-hmm. out of you. And at the end of the day, you know, maybe you don't view yourself as a leader, but when God has set us apart, we're, we're automatically leaders, because people are looking at us to see how we're going to respond in certain situations, to see how we're going to act in certain situations, to see how we're going to talk, what's our verbiage like, what's our tone like, what's our conduct like. Um, And so in reality, if if you're a follower of Jesus, you're a leader in some sense, okay? Maybe maybe you're like, well, I'm I'm not a leader on the dream team or, you know, I'm not a boss at my work. Yeah, but you're leading your family. Husbands, you're leading, you're leading your, your marriage. Your Moms, you're leading your children. You're leading your, your, your sisters. You're, you're leading you know, your family that, that is connected to your nieces and nephews. You're leading in some way, even though you may not view yourself as a leader. So when you're able to hold others accountable the same way that you want to be held accountable, then that helps you grow in your leadership, which ultimately helps you grow in your walk with God. It's, go ahead. I was going to add something. Yeah. With accountability too, you have to protect your heart because our flesh is gonna wanna go into defense mode and that's when the enemy wants to come in and say, oh, that Jesus thing you're doing, they don't know what they're talking about. Go ahead, you could do that. Oh, it's just gonna fade, they don't know. And the enemy wants to bring confusion and he's going to try to mess with you and think, okay, well, that leader doesn't love me. They don't, they want, they're, they're, out, they're out to get me and that's wrong. And that's not right. And, you know, I'm thankful that I've allowed correction and accountability into our lives because it has made me a better person. Accountability, it forces you to confront your insecurity. Accountability, it forces you to to confront your insecurity. And when you confront your insecurity, you're going to grow because the, the less insecure you can be, the more, the more vulnerable you'll be willing to be and the more vulnerable you'll be willing to be, the more accountable you can be held and the more you can grow. But you see how it's a process. It starts with confronting the insecurity, allowing yourself to be vulnerable, allowing yourself to be accountable, and then the growth comes. And, and that, that's what's so important. And that's why Paul is trying to get the Galatian church here to see this instance where he had to hold Peter accountable because especially for the young believer, especially for the new believer, maybe you've been coming to church for, 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 for six months or, or for a year or for even two years, two years, three years, and, and you're still kind of growing. You, you, you weren't, you weren't a, a 
quote unquote Jew. You weren't somebody that grew up in church. You weren't somebody that grew up knowing the Bible. You weren't somebody that grew up knowing the scriptures. And so now you, you've been learning and, and maybe it's been three years or two years or even less than that. Maybe it's been two weeks. And so you're like, man, I feel like I'm trying to, to take all of this in is that if the one thing that you, the first thing you need to know is one, you are saved by grace. So your, your faith in Christ is what saves you. It's not your works. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, <laughs> but um, also is accountability is necessary. Accountability is necessary for you to continue to grow in your walk with God. And, and Paul is trying to get that into the, the culture of the Galatian church because, again, the Galatian church was filled with Gentiles. So these are people that didn't grow up in the Jewish tradition. They didn't grow up in the, in the Jewish law. So they're having to learn all of this. And, and Paul is letting them know, like, look, as you learn this, you know, we're not expecting you to be perfect, but we are expecting you to be willing to be perfected. That's what we say here at Freedom House, where we, we don't, we don't, none of us are perfect, but we're all willing to be perfected. And when you're willing to be perfected, then you now open yourself up to that accountability. Right. The same way that, that my wife and I would, would train up our children, as the Bible says, to train up your children in the way that they should go. And when they grow old, they will not depart from it. And so that's essentially and that's also a discipleship principle because as you're, as for those of you that are new believers, is, is as, as you're being trained up right now, you may not quite understand it all, but it's going to help you stay on the path that God is calling you to four, five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 years from now. And so that's what Paul's doing. Paul is teaching them this, this, this principle of accountability. He's training up his children the same way that we train up our children. And we don't expect our children to be perfect. But when they do something they're not supposed to do, then we're going to hold them accountable to right. that um, and, and make sure that they know that's not the way that we behave. That's not the way that we conduct ourselves. That's not the way that we talk. That's, that's not the tone that we use. <laughs> that's, not, that, that's not the way that we talk to those that, that are older than us. That's not the way that we talk to our authority, fig, our, our authority figures. But it all comes down to this principle of accountability, this principle of accountability. Um, as we continue on, here in uh, verse 13, it says, and the, it says, well, we'll pick it up in 12. It says, for before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. See, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. Paul would then go on, to say, if you, though a Jew, he's talking to Peter, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? How can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? So first topic we talked about is that accountability brings growth. Second thing we're going to talk about is something that was always taught to me when I was a kid is you got to practice what you preach. Okay, you got to practice what you preach. And that was always taught to me, whether it was in church whether it was on the baseball field, on the football field, on the basketball court, whatever it was, it was like, if you're going to, to preach it, and if you're going to say that you got to give 110%, if you're going to say that, that, that you have to follow Christ, then, then you also need to live that out. And that's something that, that Peter is, is finding himself guilty of, because he essentially is telling these Gentiles that you have to hold the same standard as the Jews, but, Paul, but Peter himself is not doing that. Okay, so he's now holding others to a standard that he himself is not willing or is not currently living up to. So this is, this is super important for us. This is, you know, where, where James says in, in his, his book, in his letter, he says, faith without works is dead. 
And so we can't, we can't claim something, we can't post about something or, or talk the talk, but then not live it out. The Bible tells us here um, in, in chapter 13, it says that Barnabas, who was one of Paul's closest disciples, was actually led astray by Peter's hypocrisy. That because Peter was, was, was forcing the, the, the Gentiles to, to live in such a manner, but him, he himself not holding up that manner, that it actually... And, it more than just damaged, it more than just brought confusion to Barnabas. Barnabas just said, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm just going to walk away from this thing completely. Well, I, and what I see, though, too, is that we're all influencers in some way. Yeah. Not, I'm not talking about social media, but we influence, like you were mentioning earlier, yeah. whether it be your spouse, your kids, your, your coworkers, your, your family, and if they're seeing that you're going to church and you're posting about being at church, but you live a different way, it's, it's confusing. Yeah. That's like me telling my son to, to take out a trash or to clean up his room a certain way, but Pastor Brian tells him something different. He's not going to know what to do, so he's going to say, I'm, I'm done, yeah. you know? And so you have to be careful with the platform and the influence that God has given you. If you're going to say you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, then you better be living that, that life out. And I'm not saying to be perfect, because we're not perfect, but don't cause confusion. If you're going to say, I'm not going to, I know it's silly, it's going to sound like, but, you know, I'm not going to, I'm on this diet, right? And I'm going to, I'm going to, I have these goals, but yet I'm over here eating a cheeseburger. That just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it would be like your fitness trainer saying it's important to eat healthy and they post pictures of themselves eating healthy, but then when they're not on camera, they don't ever eat any healthy food. (laughs) They're always going through, you know, drive-thrus or whatever it may be. You'd be like, well, why do you tell us to eat that way, but then you don't do it yourself is this really the way that we should be eating? And, and the same is true. And, and it goes, you know, this is, this is a principle that, that we need to all have, you know, especially those that are parents, those of you that are parents, is as you're training up your children, as the scripture says, as you're teaching your children and, and, and you're showing them the way, it, it's one thing to tell your children to honor God. It's, it's one thing to say, you know, you, you need to honor God with your language and honor God, you know, with, with, with your conduct, but then you yourself are cussing up a storm or yelling at people on, on the road or, or, or getting mad at somebody in line at the mall because you feel like they cut and so you weren't able to get in because there's tons of lines right now at the mall. And, and so it, it's one thing to tell our children how to act and then it's another thing to actually be the example of that and live that out and be, and be what you're preaching to them, be what you're teaching them to be. Um, this is also important for those of you that are married, okay? In, in your marriage, it's... you. you there are times in marriages where one spouse will hold the other spouse to a certain standard that, that they themselves aren't living up to. And, and that could be whether in their relationship with, with Jesus in, 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 in coming to church or in serving at church. Uh, it could be in, 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 in the finances. Well, I expect you not to spend a dime over our budget, but then you yourself are going over the budget. Or, or you know, I expect you to, to, to send me flowers every day, or I expect you, you know, to, to, to have dinner made for me. Or, and, and then we ourselves can't also hold our side of the bargain and we can't, we can't hold up our responsibility in that. So we create these standards for each other in marriage that, that we ourselves can't uphold. And then what happens is you create this division and you create bitterness and that's how marriages end up breaking down. 
But it, so we have to know is that we, no matter what we're, what we're at, where we're at, whether it, it's our marriage, whether it's in parenting, whether it's in friendships, because a lot of times yeah. we hold our friends, if we're honest, we hold our friends to a higher standard than we're willing to commit. Well, you're not my friend. You don't text me. It's like, well, when did you text me? <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I get it. Like, you know, I'm sorry if, if I didn't reach out to you in that moment that you wanted me to, but you, it, it relationships and friendships, they work both ways. So, so, so well, what, what's going on here? But that's how we set standards for other people that we ourselves can't live up to. And then we end up blaming others. And then next thing you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of confusion, a whole bunch of drama. <laughs> and all it leads to is people walking away from the faith. And the one thing that Jesus commissioned all of us to do, he says, go out and make disciples. Baptize them in my name, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He wants us to go out and reach people. Okay, when we live lives that don't match what we're teaching or what we're preaching, we don't lead them closer to Jesus. We lead them further away. And I think when we think about it in, in that dynamic, then, then it brings a little bit more weight to our actions. It brings a little bit more weight to our words because it can be very easy to be like, hey, you need to live this way, this way, and this way. You need to honor God. You need to do this. But then it's like, but Saturday night, I'm going to the club or I'm going to the bar or, you know, Sunday, yeah, you know what? This Sunday is a big game, so we're not going to church. We're going to go watch the game first. And then if we get to church, we'll get to church later. That's not how you model practicing what you preach, okay? How you model practicing what you preach is saying, no, I'm going to be the example. I'm going to live above reproach. As Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Now, that's not, this is not a, a works-based salvation, so don't get it twisted here, okay? It's not a works-based salvation. But in reality, okay, in reality, our salvation is by faith. Uh, Paul tells us in Romans that if you confess with your mouth and believe in our heart, as pastor was talking about, that if you believe with your heart, then you will be saved. So the reality is, is we are heart led. So our faith is led from the heart. And so when we lead with the heart, then what happens is the actions end up following. Right. But oftentimes what we try to do is we try to lead with the action and then allow the heart to follow. But that's not the way that God has established it. That's not how we walk by faith. Okay? And so we, we have to know that, that, that our, our hypocrisy, that, that if we're not living out what it is that, that we're preaching, what it is that we're teaching, what it is that we're posting, putting on our story, putting on our Instagram, putting on our Facebook, whatever it may be, if we are not going to back up all of those posts, the, the inspirational scriptures and things like that, that that we're sharing, if we're not going to back that up with our conduct when we're off, off screen, when, when, when we're not on social media, when, when we're not around our church family, then all we're going to do is lead others further away from Christ. And I don't know about you, but to me, that's a scary thing. Yeah. Because none of us can answer the call of God and lead people away from God at the same time. And, and, and if that's you, I'm sure you can probably re, like, can, uh, relate, but that's probably exhausting. You're wearing two different masks. You're two different people. And that's exhausting. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to live a life like that. And I love how you talked about, you know, our faith is led by our heart. Yeah. And when you have that heart, trans, um, heart transformation, you start seeing things the way that God wants you to see them. You start loving on people and you're more mindful of your actions and, and your response and how you conduct yourself, how you speak to people and for me, like that is something I constantly praying about. Okay, God, continue transforming my heart. I don't want to ever grow, you know, comfortable to an area where, um, you know, that's that's big on your heart and heavy on your heart. And 
um, you know, my, our prayer is always, God, give us your heart. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's the most important thing as we get into this next scripture, we're going to continue mm-hmm. to talk about the heart here. Uh, but in verse 15, it says, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. No one will be justified. So Paul, end, Paul ends this little passage here by saying, look, me, myself, I'm a Jew, but I can tell you right now that it's not by the law that you're going to be justified. It's not by the law that, that you're going to be validated. It's not by the law that God is going to accept you, but it's only going to be by faith that Jesus is going to give you salvation. He's going to, he's going to forgive all of your sins and he's going to reestablish you as a son, as an heir, and that your eternity will be set in heaven. Yeah. In heaven. He says that's by faith alone. That, that, that's not by the works. That's not by, by, by you holding up the Jewish tradition. That's not by you holding up the law. It is simply by your faith. And your faith comes from the heart. Oftentimes we try to say, well, well I want to serve because, you know, I've done a lot of bad things. I want to make sure that I give back to God. That, that us serving is not us trying to win approval. Right. It's not us. Uh, us serving is, is not trying to, to validate ourselves as Christians us serving is not trying to promote ourselves or, or trying to, to win blessings. No, those things come because Jesus loves us. Okay, those things come because Jesus loves us. And our, our service unto God, whether it's in the church building or, or, or whatever call that God has on your life, maybe it's a call to, to, for, to an outreach organization or, or, or to, to be a kingdom builder and you have, you have the ability to bless people with jobs and, and things like that is at the end of the day is, is we don't do those things to win approval from God. We do those things because that's just our reasonable act of service. That's the mm-hmm. least we can do for all that Jesus has done for us. What has Jesus done for us? Well, he's wiped away all of our sins. He's forgiven us. He's restored us. When the Father looks down upon us, for those of us that accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, God doesn't see the filth. Right. He doesn't see the mishaps. He doesn't see the missteps. He sees the, the pure self. He sees the, 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 the filtered view, which is through Jesus, that, that presents us pure and white and without sin and without blemish. But oftentimes we, we fall into this trap where we want to lead with, with, our, with our works and then expect the heart to follow. That, that's not discipleship. Discipleship and, and following Jesus is, I'm going to follow with my heart. I'm going to allow my heart to go first, my faith to go first, and allow the works to follow. And then as you, as you start that way, when the works follow, what the works does is the works expands your heart so that you serve Jesus even more so out of love and the works keep coming. But yeah. we have to lead with the heart first. We have to serve God out of our heart first and not out of the works. We were talking about this before service and we were talking about how, how we could see this with our children. And, and our, our children, especially our oldest, Uriah, he, he loves asking, Dad, are you proud of me? Yeah. He'll do something, whether it's, whether it's on the baseball field or basketball court or riding his bike. Be like, Dad, are you proud of me, Dad? Can you believe I did that? 
And I said, son, I, I am proud of you, but I'm not proud of you because you did that. I'm proud of you because you're my son. And, and, and I believe that's, that's the same view that God has of us, is, is God's gonna affirm us. So when, when we come and we serve, and whether, whether you're serve, serving right now at, at, at your campus or, or you're serving at home in, in, in other ways, is God is going to affirm your service. He's gonna say, I see you, thank you yes. for doing that. But that's not why he's proud of you. That's not why he's forgiven you. That's not why he loves you. He loves you and he's forgiven you and he affirms you and he validates you and he vindicates you simply because you're his son, simply because you're his daughter. And the same way that my son doesn't need to, to, to make a basket or hit a home run or, or, or run fast or jump high for me to be proud of him, we don't have to jump high, run far, run fast for God to love us and for God to forgive us. That's, that's, that's simply the benefit of us being his children. That's simply the benefit of us being his children. But when we get caught up in the works and, and, and we, get, we get caught up in, in leading with works first, then what happens is we don't want to be held accountable mm. because the way that it works at that moment is we feel like we've done so much to, to earn God's affirmation that when somebody holds us accountable and says, hey, hey, this is where I, an area where I see you can get better. This is an area where I see you can grow. We feel like we, now we failed because we feel like, man, the service that I gave unto God was not good enough. Yeah. And, and, and so you see how when, when you don't lead with faith, but you lead with service, you lead with the works, then the accountability comes in. Now the insecurity rises back up. Mm. But when you come to God with your whole heart, when you come to God full of faith and you say, God, I don't serve you because, because my, my, my serving brings more blessing or my serving brings more favor or, or my serving makes you love me more. But when we say, God, you have my heart. You have my faith. My trust is in you. And that's why I serve, because I want others to have this same love. I want others to have this same forgiveness. I want others to have this same vindication. And so that's why I serve. Then when accountability comes in, you don't, we don't have to be insecure. We could be vulnerable. Yeah. And we could say, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. I, you know what? I do need to get better in this area. You know what? I did jump the gun in this area a little bit. You know what? I, I wasn't... Quite, I, I didn't quite respond in, in a Christ-like manner in this situation. I didn't quite exemplify what it means to be a Christian in this situation. Thank you for bringing that to my attention because now it's going to allow me to get better. It's going to allow me to grow. It's going to allow me to be the, the man of God, the woman of God that God's called me to be, the husband, the wife, the son, the daughter, the father, the mother, the coworker, the, the, the leader in, the, in church, the director in church. It's going to allow us to be better. But it starts when we come to God with our heart. And that's what Paul is trying to teach the Galatian church. Yeah. And it, it's simple. It's yeah. just that simple. And like you said, our flesh and the world and society that we live in makes you want to believe you have to do all these tricks and jump through all these uh, hoops to get approval. Yeah. And God's just saying, I just want you. And I don't know, it just brings a, a just a overwhelming feeling of just comfort in knowing that I don't have to do anything to win his approval. You don't have to do anything right. to win God's approval. Right. And for him to send his only son to the cross for you, for me, for all of us, he did all the hard work. Yeah. He really did. Yeah, he did. 
And that's what Paul's trying to get this Galatian church to understand in these, in these first couple of chapters here is, is, is look, don't be confused. Don't let others put, put expectations on you or put a standard on you. You follow Jesus with your whole heart. And when you follow Jesus with your whole heart, all of the other things, they're gonna come into alignment. They're gonna come into order. Yes. They're, they're gonna follow your heart because like the scripture shared that we shared with tithe and offering, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And so, so where your heart is, is the, the treasures and, 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 and everything else comes in alignment with where your heart is at. And when, when you put God first and you say, God, you know what? And for those of you that are maybe new to the faith, you're like, man, I don't even know what all of this entails. I just know that, that Jesus has come into my life and I've never felt this peace before. I've never felt this joy before. I've never felt this forgiveness before. And so I'm just, God, I'm coming to you with my whole heart. Keep that. Yeah. Keep that pure heart. No agenda. Okay. It's not about achieving a certain status, but it's about growing in Christ. And the way that we grow in Christ is by allowing, it, allowing us to, to be led from the heart, to be led in faith. Because when we're led in faith, then the works come, then the accountability comes, then the vulnerability comes, and then the growth comes. And that's how we grow. And that's what we all want. That's all, what we all desire. So we all desire to grow. We all desire to, to teach our children to grow, to teach those we're connected to to grow, so that we can continue to reach more people, so that we can have a, 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 a community a school, a workplace, a city, a nation, a world that is blessed and under the favor of God. And I think one of the things that we have to remember in all of this, in the accountability, in the serving, in the vulnerability, is something that we talked about before service. We haven't talked about it much tonight, but yeah. we're on the same team as believers, okay? Globally, the, the global church, we're on the same team. <laughs> Those of you that call Freedom House home, we're on, we're the, on the same, same team. team. Okay, we're after the same, the same goal. We're after the, the same purpose to achieve all that God has for us and to reach people and to save souls and make disciples and to raise up a generation after the heart of God to do all of his will and to create a church that people enjoy coming to. To create a church where people come and, and they receive that forgiveness and they receive that affirmation and they receive that validation and they don't have to worry. They don't have to worry about being held to a certain standard, but they can know that they could come and find the love and the forgiveness of Jesus and know that that love and forgiveness is going to propel them into their future and to, into their growth, to leave a legacy that doesn't just end with them, but goes into their children and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. Okay, that's the team that we're all a part of. And when we're a part of a team, we can welcome accountability because we know that we're a part of the same team and we know that that accountability doesn't come from an ill place, but it comes from a place of let's get better together. Let's grow together. Let's continue this journey together. Why don't you go ahead and stand to your feet tonight, wherever you're at. We're gonna stand to our feet. We're just gonna pray. Then we're gonna worship a little bit. But Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you tonight, Lord. Because Our purpose here, this journey we're all a part of, this life that we live, it starts with faith. It starts with our heart. And when we put our heart in your hands, Lord, we can trust the church that you've put us in. We can trust the leaders that you've placed in our lives, the directors, the pastors, the friends, 
We can trust that. So God, we give you our heart here tonight, Lord. We realign our heart here tonight as we end 2020 strong. We welcome the accountability, Lord. Would your Holy Spirit come and bring discernment to our hearts right where we're at, right where you're at tonight. Lord, would you convict us, not in in an ill-mannered way, Lord, but convict us to grow. May we never be absent of of that, that conviction of your spirit, that conviction that pushes us forward, that conviction that aligns us, that conviction that reminds us that the work that you did on the cross was final, that there's nothing we could do to earn more of your love. There's nothing we could do to earn more of your favor. There's nothing we could do to earn more of your grace. All of that comes through our faith. And so we put our heart in you tonight, Lord God. Would you come and would you remind us? Would you affirm us here tonight? Would you align our hearts with heaven? Would you align our hearts with your purpose? And would you align us with all that you have for us, Lord God, as we, as we take this giant step forward, Lord, and we open up ourselves to those people that you've placed in our lives to hold us accountable and to lead us forward. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's sing this song out here tonight. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.